Yes, 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 yes. Welcome, welcome to the Harlan Highway. Starting the show with a little bit of a quieter, quieter tone today. Subtle tone. Got an interesting show. I want to kick the show off with something a little supernatural. Yeah. I don't know if uh, if any of you have ever seen a spirit or an orb or a ghost. Have you ever been in a haunted house? Have you ever felt something go bump in the night? Have you ever... Have you ever... Uh, I don't know, seen an object move without any real reason, just maybe floating through the air. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. I was recently I uh, recently did this comedy tour uh, last week called the Comedy Party, and uh, it was me, myself, uh, Tom Green, and Polly Shore. We did this thing called the Comedy Party, and we played. We played these very old theaters in the Midwest, Rockford, Illinois, and Joliet, Illinois, Dubuque, Iowa. By the way, thank you to everyone who came out to the comedy party. Man, did we have a great time. Packed packed houses and uh, really good stuff. But um, in the process of doing our, our tour... It was a three-night tour. We played uh, two of the venues we played were very, very old theaters. And uh, one of them was, was very old. And one of the stage managers um, told us that, uh, you know, the Marx Brothers had played there and Charlie Chaplin and Bob Hope and Liberace and all these these incredible performers had played at this theater that was built in the 20s. And towards the end of the night, she kind of let it slip that the place was haunted. And I was like, what, what the heck are you talking about? She goes, oh, yeah. We've seen ghosts of, like, little boys and and uh, various people. Um, one of the ladies that worked there said she saw the ghost of a little boy dive behind some of the seats and keep in mind, this is one of these huge theaters with the upper balcony and the opera seats and the the chairs are covered with like red velvet and chandeliers and just ornate and, you know, beautiful paintings up on the roof and, and gargoyles and all these details. It looks like you're, you're waiting for, uh, you know, the creature from Beauty and the Beast to come out and start dancing. Um, so anyways, uh, she told me that um, she uh, she had seen a ghost. She actually took a picture of a ghost. And I was like, whoa. She, she like pulled out her iPad and, uh, and uh, you know, said, look, I got a picture of a ghost. And so I thought I'd start the show with a little bit of a ghost story. And I'll let her tell the story. Uh, I, I recorded her as she pulled out her iPad and uh, showed me the picture 
uh, that was very, very interesting. So have a listen to uh, my little ghost story to open the show uh, here on today's Harland Highway. Okay, so you're in the theater. Yes. Tell me what you're in the theater. This huge, beautiful little theater. Mm. Are you by yourself? No, we were having a show. We you're were having going... a show, mm-hmm. and then you took your camera I went, out. I went up this aisle and went up into the landing up here on the balcony. Yes. Okay. So when I got to the top of the stairs, mm-hmm. I was making sure my flash was off because I don't use right. a flash in the theater. Was there a show going on while you were up there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a Wonderful Life. They were getting ready. Let me get and my glasses on. I took an safe. accidental photo in. Look at what showed up. Wow, wait a second here. Yes. <laughs> what, here? Yes. That looks like a guy in a suit. Yes. I can see the tie. Now, if I was taking a picture on purpose, I would get a whole person's body. What's that light? That's, that's the that... orb. That's the movement. It looks like a guy in an old suit with a mm-hmm. tie on. You can that's he, what I said. You can see his shoes and everything. You his can't hands see his pockets. head. I wish you could see his head. But I didn't know I was taking a photo of anything. Wow, that's scary. Oh, I think it's awesome. And even the clothing looks old. Like from, mm-hmm. from like how old is this theater? The twenties? Nineteen twenty six is when they did their first show. And his clothes look like they're from that era. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, that's creepy. Tom, come and look at this ghost. She caught a picture of a ghost. And it's like he's leaning in the windows up there and, and looking in. So when is it, when Tom, look at this. She got a picture of a ghost. Isn't that crazy? Ooh. Right there? Yes. Yeah, look, he's got a tie on. I mean, see the glow and... Yeah. That was in this theater. Ooh. Isn't that crazy? Wow, that's amazing. Wow. <laughs> so you didn't know you took it till you looked at the picture? Uh, no. It's, it's not. Oh. They're just not buying any shows right now so there's no shows coming in oh okay so, so you didn't know you saw you had a ghost till you went back and looked at that mm-hmm. i'm going to take a picture of this theater right I now i was going through when i was deleting all the you know pictures that get fuzzy and messed up and i had seen that but i kept going to do the other ones i almost deleted it was that with a flash Nope. I was making sure it was all. So if I take a picture right now, I might get a ghost. You could. You could get orbs. Somebody got one on stage, and I couldn't find it. But we had the table set up, and we were people up there, and some kid took a picture. And How many times like did Bob perform here? Six. So there you go. Uh, crazy, kooky ghost story. This picture really was quite amazing. And... Uh, I did take pictures of the theater. I, I, I took about five or six pictures of the theater, the seats. The, I took them from the stage. And uh, I looked at them very closely. I zoomed in. I looked at any little uh, abnormality, any weird shadow, any weird light. And alas, I did not see a ghost in any of my pictures. Maybe an exit sign. But that did not scare me very much. I've seen many exit signs in my life, and so I was not scared. So there you go, a little ghost story. And if any of you guys have any ghost stories, please, uh, please share them. Um, You can write me at harlowilliams.com. And when you're at harlowilliams.com, the phone number to our voicemail is right there on the homepage. If you want to share uh, a quick ghost story with me on the uh, Harland Highway hotline, and it's a good scary ghost story, um, I will be happy to, uh, to play that. Uh, it's always, always exciting to delve into the supernatural.
Um, but uh, let's let's shift gears here. Speaking of uh, supernatural, I wanted to share with you. Um, you know, years ago I wrote a book called "The Things You Don't Know You Don't Know." It's still still out there. Um, still out there on the internet. I think it's on uh, Amazon. I think it's on. Uh, you know, it's on my website. You can you can get it on uh, as a digital download. You can order a hard copy, um, and basically, it's a uh, it's a book about all these incredible facts that uh, you might not have known about. Little little things that might be right under your nose that maybe uh, you weren't aware of. And so the reason I'm uh, I'm talking about this is that uh you know I'm starting my second book I'm writing my second volume of the things you don't know you don't know the things you don't know you don't know volume 2 and I thought I'd share give you guys a little pre-sample of some of the things you will read about in my in my next book that's coming out soon um and as I said, these are just facts, little tidbits that you don't know, but you don't know that you don't know them, and that's the gist of the book. So let me get to the first one. Uh, did you know that you could easily become a baby giraffe? And I'm reading from my new book here as follows. Many of us go through life fantasizing what it would be like to be a baby giraffe, to have its sweet disposition soft, gentle stare, and calm, laid-back personality. This is a desire that eludes most of us, and the majority of people go, their, go to their graves never having experienced the beauty and serenity that overtakes one once they become a baby giraffe. In the old days, a person would have to plan an expensive trip to Africa, Safari out into the grasslands, tear off all one's clothes, paint large spots on the body, and run gracefully through the knee-high grasses. The perils of this are obvious, puncturing one's foot on a sharp twig or zebra vertebrae, stepping on a poisonous serpent, or worse yet, being ambushed by a lion laying stealthily in the brush. But as the seasons change so too do the requirements for being a baby giraffe. Today it's much more cost-effective and practical. In fact, becoming a baby giraffe is something you could do when you first pop up in the morning, whether you live in a rural farm community or the most populated city in the world. The new adjustment comes to us unsuspectingly and unknowingly from the fast food industry. We've all ordered fried chicken at KFC or Popeye's or anywhere that serves a good old-fashioned drumstick. And we all know the incredible bonding power of crazy glue, liquid glue found in any hardware store. Well, allow me to submit the marriage of these two products, chicken drumsticks and crazy glue. And before I give you the net result, let's invest in a little giraffe anatomy. The common giraffe is one of the most outlandish-looking creatures on God's green earth. They have necks that can grow eight feet high or more. Who needs that much neck? Their legs are long and gangly, and their faces are pointy and bumpy. But most curious of all is the two stumps perched atop their heads. 
What are these ambiguous protrusions? They're not antlers, and they're certainly not horns. Just what are the giraffe stumps? If you look close enough, the answer becomes quite evident. They are upside-down chicken drumsticks. Yes, unbelievable, but true. Who knew that giraffes carried delicious deep-fried chicken legs on the tops of their heads? And it is from this realization that we come full circle and complete our quest to become baby giraffes. All we really need to do is take a few dabs of crazy glue, stand two chicken drumsticks on their end, and affix them to the top of our heads. Presto! Giraffe stumps. In just four quick minutes, you have become the baby giraffe you've always wanted to be. And your head smells delicious. So there you go. A $4.99 in a four-piece family pack, and bingo, you're a baby giraffe. Invest $4.99 in a four-piece family pack, and bingo, you are a baby giraffe. So there you go. There's just one of the things you didn't know you don't know. Um, and, uh, you know, why don't we do one more? And here's one that kind of plays into the theme of what we were talking about earlier, ghosts and haunted things. And again, th- these are direct readings from my my next book, The Things You Don't Know You Don't Know, Volume 2. Um, here's the next little treat from my book. Um, and by the way, it's not out yet. You're just getting, you're the first to hear it. You're first, first to get free little samples. Here we go. Did you know that albinos are just ghosts that don't know how to float? Mm-hmm, that's right. Let's let's read. There are many different species of flightless birds. Penguins, kiwis, emus, dodo birds, ostriches, certain ducks and cormorants also cannot fly. It seems preposterous. They all have feathers. They all have wings. So how is it they, they can't fly? It's a question as old as the ages, and perhaps we will never know the answer to why they don't fly. But it does help us start to answer another question as old as the ages. Just what the hell are albinos? With their haunting semi-transparent skin, powdery eyebrows and hair, and red Damien eyes, we have all wondered what are albinos. There aren't many of them relative to the living population, and conversely, there aren't many of them relative to the dead population. What? Yes, the dead and living population. We all know that one thing in life is certain, and sadly, it is death. And if you believe in poltergeist movies, then you know full well that there are some lost souls that get trapped between the realms of the living and the dead. In essence, they are ghosts waiting for the moment when they will pass to the great beyond. And what do we know of ghosts? For one, they scare us. Two, they say boo a lot. And three, they float. Or do they? Of course they do, but in all areas of our conceivable existence, we always must account for flaws, abnormalities, for lack of a better example, birds that cannot fly. And this, my friends, is the plight of the albino. You see, albinos are just ghosts, that don't know how to fly. 
Albinos are the emus, dodos, and ostriches of the spirit world, if you will. They wander among us and are seen by us. They even blend in with us without the ability to float and hide behind a furnace, up in an attic, behind a gravestone. Then what option does a floatless ghost have? It would be rooted out in a second. Its best plan while awaiting passage to the next life is to buy low-profile clothes, shop, live, and eat where the living do. In essence, blend in. But there are many of you doubting my words right now. Preposterous is what you're thinking. Well, before you throw my theory out the window, I urge you to do some investigation work of your own. The proof will become self-evident once you visit an albino's home. Yes, Try to get yourself into an albino's home or apartment. It is here you will see clear proof that my ghost theory is accurate. As you walk from room to room, the kitchen, living room, bedroom, what have you, you will notice large holes in the drywall, holes measuring about the same height as the albino living there. These punctured walls are the sad scars left by albinos that have repeatedly tried to walk through walls. Yes, they literally have tried to walk through walls just as a ghost would. It's not abnormal, it's instinct. An albino's half-ghostly body almost has no choice in the matter. The way in which a newborn baby whale rushes to the surface to inhale its first breaths of fresh air, so goes the instincts of the albino to want to walk through the walls the way a ghost does. Hopefully in time, over many generations of albinos, evolution will afford the albino the ability to float just the way a full ghost can. Until then, we wish the powdery critters all the best and hope that stitches aren't required when attempting to float through the next wall. So there you go. Um, Yeah, I guess, you know, Albinos are just ghosts that aren't ready to go yet. They don't know how to float. So there you go, a little sampling of uh, of um, my, my next book, The Things You Don't Know, You Don't Know, Volume 2. I'll keep you posted when that comes out. By the way, if you want to get Volume 1, go to harlowwilliams.com, go to our, uh, go to our uh, online store, and uh, look around under the book section and you can find the things you don't know you don't know volume one you know how to whistle don't you Steve you just put your lips together and blow okay let's let's do a question of the day this this involves um, dating sites how many of you are on a dating site be honest be honest be honest how many of you are on tinder how many of you are on FarmersOnly.com? Easy. Um, here's a question. Here's a Tinder question. Okay? See if you have the answer. If a cucumber, okay, matches on Tinder with a sea cucumber... Where do they meet? I mean, if the sea cucumber comes on land, 
it's going to suffocate and die. And if the cucumber goes into the water to meet the sea cucumber, it's going to drown. So how, what, how, why, how, how do they do it? How, how does a sea cucumber and a cucumber ever hook up, man? And that's another question. When, a, when two cucumbers get together, which by their very nature are large phallic objects, large phallic shapes, who's doing who? And I, I hate to be naughty here, I hate to be rude, but who's, who's putting it in and who's taking it? I mean, can somebody tell me what cucumber sex looks like? You know what? Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, but on the topic of nature, this this is a whole new topic, by the way, because this occurred to me the other day, and uh, I found it very fascinating. You know, if if you look in the plains of Africa, you know, if you ever watch a nature show in Africa, you know, you'll see elephants walking around with zebras, walking around with rhinoceroses, walking around with gazelle walking around with springbok walking around with wildebeest you'll even see foxes and birds and you know you'll see animals mingling or if you ever go through the park you'll you'll see ducks and swans and geese all swimming together you'll see pigeons running around with with sparrows you know You'll see a deer walking around with a rabbit. What I'm saying is you get in nature you've got these combo packs. Even, even in the water you'll see, you know, a turtle swimming with fish. You know, you'll see fish swimming near a snake. So what the hell is it about human beings that the minute we get near anything living... It just fucks right off to the hills. Do you know what I'm saying? It just goes, man. Like, you know, anything, any other living creature can go near another animal, unless it's a predator-prey situation. If a, if a, you know, a gazelle sees a lion, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hightail it. But most animals are very comfortable around each other, and... And yet when it comes to us humans, man, animals want nothing to do with us. Like, hey man, look at, you know, did you see that guy over there walking? Just, he looks like a nerd, dude. Yeah, I see him, man. I mean, we're just a couple of, we're just a couple of elk, right? Yeah, so? And we're just grazing, like, minding our own business. That guy totally looks like. You know, he's just hiking. He's got a walking stick and a water bottle. Yeah, but there's something about him, man. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I'm getting a really bad vibe. Yeah, just that blue sweater he's got around his neck and the t-shirt with the peace symbol on it. Yeah, you know, let's fuck off. Let's get away from that fucking guy. That's a human, right? I mean, what's interesting to me is... As human beings, we, we don't have the capability to catch anything. Who here can chase a bird or a, a fox or a raccoon or a deer and catch it? No, 
We're like the slowest creatures on the planet, pretty much. Lizards can outrun us. Mice can outrun us. Yeah, maybe you could catch a tortoise or a turtle. There's very few living creatures we can catch. And on top of that, most living creatures, their instinct is to bite or fight back. So, so why are they so freaking afraid of us? What, what is wired into the every other animal on the planet's DNA that they're just like, you know, I'm cool with everything, but those fucking two-leggers, fuck those two-leggers, man. I'm out of here, man. Like, I'm gonskis. It's, it's baffling because, you know, I think a lot of us like to get close to nature, right? We, we'd all love to walk up to a bird or something, you know? And it's almost like I take it personally. It's like an insult. Sometimes I'll even, you know, if I'm down by the, the ocean or something and there's some seagulls or a pelican or a cormorant or even a fish swimming in the water, I'll, I'll kind of tread softer than normal. Like I'll, I'll lighten my steps. I'll, I'll slow my, my pace. I'll kind of like adjust everything so that the animal in no way thinks that I'm any type of aggressor or a threat. But uh uh-uh, if you get within 40 feet of these things, they're fucking gone. I mean, the only dummies really are dogs. Dogs will run right to you. Oh, there's there's the two-legger. <laughs> I'm going to go over there. <laughs> I'm a dog. <laughs> Thank God for dogs, right? They're the only ones that kind of look for humans. But everything else, man, I'm, it's sad. And I guess my big question is, what is it about us that is so feared and hated and reviled? It's just like that they know something we don't. They know that humans are untrustworthy, that humans are bad news. Humans are up to no good. But is that really fair? I mean, I mean, you know, maybe 1% of all human beings are actually like hunters. It could be a little more or even a little less. But how many of you listening, you know, are the type of person that throws a rock at a, at a moose or has a hunting rifle or a bow and arrow? I'm sure a few of you do. But even then, how do the animals know that we have these weapons that are, that are able to kill them? Well, what is it about us that they just, they just freak and fly, man? I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing. You know, maybe if they, if they didn't, we'd have animals all over our backyards. We'd be like sunbathing and a mountain lion wanders up. Hey, you smell like coconut. And that means delicious. I don't know. But even, you know, I walked up to a butterfly the other day that was sitting on a, on a flower. I'm thinking, surely this butterfly is so engrossed with the delicious nectar and pollen that it's so eagerly consuming that it's just going to let me approach and watch it. No. I get within like four feet, that thing's gone. I don't know, even, even insects hate us. Even insects try to move away from humans. Who, what are we? Who are, why are we so, why are we such the outsider? 
What did we do? To, they, just, they just must know that humans are, are we assholes? Is that what we are? Do they know that they're like, okay, humans are cool, but there's always that one stupid kid in the group that wants to throw a rock at my head. And that's probably true. Isn't, there's, there's always that one idiot that instead of petting an animal, he wants to like drop a brick on it or throw a rock at it or something. But I find it fascinating that, that animals across the board pretty much sense that human beings are trouble. And, and there's something in that that makes me wonder if somehow we're not these weird outsiders that maybe we did come here from an alien race. Maybe we didn't evolve from the great apes. Maybe we, we were dropped here by some type of alien life force. Because you got to think, if God created us with all his other creatures, why would, why would he make us the, 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 mo- the less lethal of all why would he make us the one that most all animals are petrified of? We don't have any natural weapons. We don't have fangs. We don't have claws. We don't have horns. We don't have, uh, we don't have, you know, we don't have speed. We don't have the agility or the, the power that other top predators have. I mean, truth be told, if we got into it with a deer, the deer would, if we, it was a fight to the death, a deer would probably win. Because they've got that unrelenting muscle and, and oh, I don't know. I'm just insulted. I'm hurt. Why can't I just wander up to a bear and stroke it lovingly under the chin? Why can't I roll an alligator over in the mud and rub its belly? Hey, little fella, how are you? How are you, you 20-foot-long man-eating machine? You know, why, why can't I walk up to a giraffe and stand under its belly and tickle it? <laughs> giraffe tickles. <laughs> giraffe tickles. <laughs> I don't know, man. But listen to this. Outside, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk outside. I'm switching gears because it's raining. I want you to hear this rain. I'm walking out onto the deck. Did you hear this? Did you hear the rain? I'm outside. It's warm. I have my shirt off. I'm standing under the canopy of a roof on an outdoor deck. And the rain is pounding down. Doesn't it sound soothing? It's kind of relaxing, isn't it? Beautiful summer rain. Well, spring rain, I should say. Listen to that. I'm just going to shut up for 30 seconds so you can hear it. something very romantic about that. I'm not trying to seduce you, I promise. Okay? I'm not trying to seduce you. I really just wanted to share that with you. I was I was in my studio 
and I decided to walk outside and you know there you go I, th- I think we'll end this show on that that's very soothing and pleasing to the ear and uh, just get you in a relaxed mode yeah drift off to sleep or drift off to work drift off to your life whatever you're doing I'm going to leave it right there with the spring rain coming down thank you for listening today a little bit of a mellower podcast today some deep reaching thoughts sharing literature questions ghost stories kind of a fun one a big big mixed bag today of stuff spring rain um let's uh, let's do a few little announcements here while I, while I have your ear uh don't forget this weekend yes this uh, sorry not this weekend next weekend I should say uh April 28th through the weekend I will be in April, I'll be in Edmonton Alberta uh Thursday through Sunday at the comic strip at the West Edmonton Mall and then we're doing a special show Monday night in Red Deer Alberta Red Deer Alberta at Joe's and uh, Red Deer is a wonderful city right between Calgary and Edmonton so if you can't get to Edmonton to see me we're doing one night only Monday May 2nd in Red Deer Alberta great place uh, go online, go to uh, harlowwilliams.com, check it out. I might not have posted the Red Deer gig yet because we just found out about it. So I will get the info up and uh, get you all the information so you can get tickets. Also, uh, the following uh, two weeks later, May 12th, uh, sorry, May 13 and 14, uh, you can uh, catch me in New York City at Gotham. Gotham uh, Live in New York City. That's uh, May 13 and 14. Uh, So I hope we see you there. Haven't played in New York in almost a year, just under a year. So I love playing New York. Also, if you want to write me, you can write me at harlanwilliams.com and look for our phone number there. You can can also um, leave me a phone message. Uh, don't forget to get our free app. Type in the Harland Highway in your app store, and uh, you can get the free app. And also, hopefully, you'll become a premium member. For $20, you get all this bonus material. Uh, so I think you'll, uh, you'll enjoy that. So there you go. Let's, uh, let's leave it all there. And I was going to go out with some music, but... I think I'll go back outside and see if I can catch some more rain for you. End it with a little spring rain. Yeah. Here we go. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. And until then, chicken chow mein, baby.